0: everyone, you are listening to the D6 Podcast. Our mission is to empower women to effortlessly stay life through real and relatable discussions on career navigation, self-care, self-growth, and everything in between. I'm Danny. This is Nish. And you are tuning into episode 61. So this is a very special D6 Podcast episode, and you're going to want to make sure that you stay tuned to the very end for a bittersweet sweet. Announcements. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, bittersweet is what we'll call it. Yeah. So, we are back at our lovely studio, Never Sleeps Network, today in Toronto's King West area. And here is what we're going to be talking about. So, for Nisha's conversation starter, she's going to be talking about the popular, unpopular opinion. And for my Fixio Life segment, we are going to be talking about creating a healthy social media experience. And then I'll follow that with some inspiration for the week. And then we'll share our bittersweet announcement.
1: Yeah. Okay. All Amazing. Right. I don't know if I want to say yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm actually so excited for this episode because I thought it'd be cool to kind of kind of reflect on a lot of – I think we've had a lot of conversation starters. And one thing that I find that happens is sometimes we learn something really, like, insightful, very – uh, motivating and inspiring and then tomorrow we learn something else and then the next day we learn something else and then each episode we'll learn something new but we don't go back to reflect on what we've learned so um, I thought it'd be cool to kind of think of popular but unpopular opinions of points we've made over the past year or just conversations in general and Danny and I can just talk through it so there's quite a bit here And, um, yeah, I'm just going to start listing them off. No particular order of preference. And we'll just talk through it.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: Cool. So be the change you want to see. So I feel like this fits under the popular but unpopular opinion as this is one of those buzzwords, self-help, like you see it all the time. You see it on Instagram. You're like, yeah, but how many people actually implement that into their day to day life? And so I just feel like too often, and I am I am reading myself in this because I still catch myself doing this, we're, we're also quick to see problems around us. We're also quick to see, you know, oh, this could be doing better, why are we doing it like this? blah blah blah. blah. And then we do literally nothing about it. So all we do is talk about it and do nothing about it. And so I um, lately I've been realizing and trying to remind myself that maybe, that's your gifting. Like maybe that hole and gap you see is what you're supposed to solve. Like perhaps the reason why that's there is because no one sees it like you see it, but also no one will be as motivated to get it done right like how you would be able to do it. So why are you waiting for someone else to do it? Like maybe that is what you were positioned there to do and you're actually doing a disservice to everyone else by not doing anything about it. And so some examples are, You know, I want to go like, you know, very generic and even say like Alexander Graham Bell, you know, he created the telephone. And like, as, you know, as like outrageous as that may sound, there's a point where people probably thought it was crazy, you know, like, but he saw a problem. Like, I want to call somebody. Well, I don't think that term was used at the time. I want to communicate with someone, but I don't want to walk three days to tell them something simple. (laughs) I don't want to send a carrier pigeon. I want to find a way using the giftings and talents that I have to create a phone. And um, and I don't know if it was called a phone at the time. But he created this device by seeing problems, by seeing a gap, and then acting on it, even when I'm sure when he mentioned it to people, that's crazy, you know? And for him, I don't know him. I don't know his mindset. But for all we know, that could have been a common sense thing to him. Like, he could have been like, yo, how come no one thought about this yet? You know? Like, we just – you just actually, like – I think that there's a a gap in misunderstanding society where we feel like common sense is common and we've got to realize it's actually not um and that's something that I've had to teach myself is that what's common to me is not common to other people and there's just so many inventions around this world that happened because someone took action to a problem they saw,
0: yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that and thinking in more of like a social justice standpoint, that's kind of how I When I see the quote, you know, be the change you want to see, like, I think of it, um, there's another quote that has really resonated with me over the years, Uh, when you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. So I kind of inject that into my daily life, especially in any work that I do in like the equity, diversity and inclusion space. Like if I see in a workplace, for example, if someone's not being included, you're right, sometimes people just don't see it. Sometimes people don't see the gap. And you're right, sometimes it's just a gift that you're given, maybe in this sense, I'm someone who's marginalized. So I notice these things. And that's why I'm so passionate about trying to create and incite positive change, because a lot of the times people don't see it, and they don't have the type of experiences that I do to identify situations like that.
1: Yeah, I love that you broadened it as well to that, because it's true. Like, That's a huge one in society right now, social injustice. And so I think, yeah, if we can look at every area of our life of where this can play a part, whether it's social injustice, whether it's career work, whether it's like home things like I remember um, having I've had different roommates throughout the course of the time. I realize I've been blessed with every single roommate that I've had. But, you know, it's always an adjustment living with people. And I remember what I had to learn over time is it's so easy to point a finger and be like, I wish you did this better. But then I realized when I started doing it better or just started doing it, they would start mimicking and doing it too. Because I think... I agree. Like there's, I think this applies to the big stuff and I've been given examples of big things, but I also want people to apply this to like even the small petty things in their life because often people don't do things because they don't see anyone else doing it. So why should I do it? Like the fridge at work is dirty and no one else is cleaning it. And so I'm just gonna leave it dirty as well for the next year because it's not my job. Like those are the small things that create bigger, um, bigger problems in our life because we won't just make the small changes. So I think it just can be transferable to so many areas. And I want everyone to just be who you want to see, like be the change that you want to see and stop pointing fingers.
0: For sure. I would even say with our podcast, I don't know if am I allowed to shout us out, but I'm going to shout us us out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of people, they say that they want to start a podcast or they say that they want to open a dialogue to have transparent discussions that, you know, everyone experiences. But a lot of people just don't do it. They don't, you know, commit to it or they don't you know take do the work and it's one thing to identify the opportunity but it's one yes. thing to actually action it and execute it so I think damsel in the six is a prime example of exactly <laughs> being the
1: change that and that's yeah like she said that's that's what inspired this we are like I don't feel like this conversation is being had enough yeah. and we want to open it up to everyone else so great example yep pat <laughs> on our back all right I'm not doing as bad as I thought all right okay so the next one do well in the job you have now. Um, So once again, this is something we've spoken about before in a past episode. And I just thought it was important to mention that again. Um, Also because I've also fallen into this area of you get caught up in, you know, where it is I envision myself to be right now, what position, how much money and feeling like, you know, I I'm ready to go to the next step, but then Sometimes we don't realize that it's actually just our own deadlines that we've set that are racing that timeline up versus actually where we are right now and where we should be right now. And so I just want to encourage people listening to this to know that the job you have right now is a platform and a segue to the next job you have. But if you don't treat your current job with, you know, the respect it deserves, with the ambition that it deserves, with your motivation that it deserves and getting it done the right way, you actually can hinder your chances at your next position. And so we should just not neglect and take for granted what we have in our grasp right now. And I've seen like, I think if you actually want to work for a good company and or if you are working for a good company, you're more likely to get promoted based on what you are giving to that job you have right now versus what you're not giving to it, and where you expect to be getting something that you're not getting. I think once you learn to mature and have those mature conversations, and you're able to present what you offer, bring to the table, then that brings your next position. But don't take for granted what you have now, because that is where you'll shine.
0: Yeah, I think I understand this one. So we're saying that you should be good at your job right now, but also think about the future. Is that what you're saying? So I'm actually trying to say the
1: opposite. I'm trying to say that too often we're thinking about our future. And so by saying that, I mean, like, so sometimes we get caught up in kind of getting sloppy in our role at the moment. And so because you're already thinking about your future job. And so you're just kind of like, you're ready to move on to the next thing, but you're not actually taking care of nurturing where you're at now. And so that often can make people feel like, oh, like I hate my job, job, they job hop a lot because they're ready for the next thing but they haven't actually taken time to get better in where they're at to grow and where they're at because they can learn tr- transferable skills in the next role. and I think it's a generational thing that we're dealing with of just like ready to be on to the next because we've set our own timelines for when we saw us being in a specific place and I and I think that actually there's a lot of maturity that can be learned and and grown and, or bred in your current role if you take the time to, Actually, get better at it. It's not about like meeting this one goal and saying, "Oh, I'm great at being a project manager. That's me." I thought that. I honestly thought that a year ago. I was. I think I've done what I, what I need to do. I think I've met that bar. And then I started looking into it a bit more, and I'm like, "Whoa, there's so much more to it that I actually don't know." And so that incited a bigger fire in me, and I realized, "Wow, I can get even better at this." And as I'm doing that, I'm learning more skills that I believe will help me in my next position. But had I gone with my old thought of, no, I'm already, I've already put a year in this, or at this point, three years, I'm on to the next. Like, I think that I've seen my attitude at work change. I've seen how happy I am to be at work change because I've learned to love my role again and do it well and want to do it better.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying now. I think that it was so hard for me to grasp because I've never been in a position, and I don't know anyone personally who's been in a position where. They kind of half-ass their current job because their, I guess, head is out the door. Their foot is out the door. But I totally agree. Like you have to, regardless if you're thinking of something new, you want to try something new in the future, you absolutely need to do your best in your current role because that's what's going to open up your next future doors. You're going to want to make sure that you excel in your current role. So those skills are, like you said, transferable to something new. Absolutely. Don't half-ass anything ever. Yeah, no, Don't half-ass anything
1: and, um, yeah, and, you know, sometimes half-ass, half-assness, half too, because it could just come from not even realizing that you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you just actually don't know. Like, you think you've met – you thought you were doing the best that you could do, you know? So if you've stopped learning, you've stopped growing. And so taking that time to be like, what else? What can I do better? Like, instead of thinking, nope, I'm already here. I've done it. I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Like there is always something changing, especially in the world that we live in. So growth is good.
0: For sure. Yeah. But also on the note of you've stopped learning, you stop growing. If you really have hit that point in your role where, yes, there is like new things that you can learn. But if you've been in your role for like X amount of time and literally like your role has become monotonous and you just want and you absolutely need to get up because you're not growing anymore, I think that's perfectly OK as well. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay. So this is another
1: one. Make the job of your superior easier. Um, what does that sound like
0: to you? Be dependable and work independently so that you don't need to rely on them in order to get something done. Yes. That's that's
1: great. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's 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 that. And then also, so this is one thing um, I've also learned and I think it's so helpful. And I think, um, you know, it's a great reminder of We often feel like, okay, I've gotten my job description, so I'm going to – I have to mark off, you know, you can't tell me that I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that on my job because I am. And so I'm doing my job, therefore I should stay employed, right? I actually honestly believe that what keeps you employed is making – doing your job but making sure that it's making your manager or superior's life easier. And by saying that, I mean – Like don't like exactly being dependable and also independent at the same time are steps to get there. Yeah. So what that means is like, okay, so if I were to speak from my own personal experience, I want to know that if I give you a task that you're reliable and it's going to get done. Right. And so I guess keep in mind if you feel like, you know, you're constantly having to double check. You're constantly having to ask questions if, yeah, if you're creating more problems and solving them. I think that's the greatest measure, creating more problems and solving them. Because recently, like, so I'm also in a position of having to let people go in addition to hiring them. And recently, a lot of letting people go and they were completely blindsided is because they made their manager's job harder than easier. Like you want to kind of be forgotten in the sense of there, you're, you're so trusted that you get your job done. And that is how you grow. And that is how you um, can p- pave a way for more opportunities. And often, though, what happens is you will get looked at maybe a little less. Like I do find that if you are more dependable, more reliable, you'll probably get less face time with your superior. And don't get caught up in that because, It's actually better to not be so needy that they have to spend so much time with you. And so the reason why this is important to keep in mind is because this, in my opinion, is what helps solidify stronger job security because they're the ones fighting for you in the boardroom. They're the ones fighting for you for budget cuts. Of course, it's unfortunate if your manager gets get, gets let go, but I feel like hopefully you're in a role that you still have to work with other people and so they can vouch for you as well. So I wouldn't even worry about that. But the idea is that be so good at your job that your manager will vouch for you because you make their life easier.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that I've learned this kind of firsthand. I got promoted almost a year ago and my role is like being an individual contributor. So it's exactly everything you just said. Like my job is to make my manager look good while working autonomously. Like I'm not expected anymore now that I'm in the senior level position, I'm not expected anymore to, you know, go to him every five seconds, anytime I need something reviewed, anytime I need feedback. Like I'm expected to be able to make the call myself and do the work while making him look good and not making him having to question things or stuff like that. So yeah, and I think that that is the type of mind state that, someone should have if you're kind of looking to kind of climb that ladder. Exactly.
1: It's good. And I think and I think what many people might forget too is that it helps you climb the ladder, but it also Helps you be able to learn how to lead people in the future, too, because it's this thing that I learned in the last year, which is like a good leader knows how to follow. So they know how to help. They know how to execute tasks so that they're able to train other people how to do that as well. So it's so transferable and good for your own personal growth and actually makes like work life so much easier. Okay, so another one is don't give power to your fear. What are your thoughts
0: on that? So. I I get the overall sentiment of this. Like it's not giving into your fear. Don't let it run your life. I forget. I've been at so many like empowerment events lately. I don't remember where this one came from, but someone said that they live in fear. Oh, I was at a woman and color boot camp and someone named Katie, she was talking about how she lives in fear every day. But it is the passenger to her life and it's not the driver. Yes. And that really resonated with me because honestly, at this point in my life, I do things every day that scare the shit out of me. Like they make me so uncomfortable, but I know that that's where, you know, my growth is. That's, you know, they say growth is outside of your comfort zone. So don't give into fear in the sense that, you know, don't let it run your life in a way, in a bad way, but also, you know, let it, let it be the passenger as long as you're utilizing it for you being on a road to becoming a better you then that's the best bet that i
1: heard that line too and i know we were not the same um conference but i love that saying and i'm happy you reminded me of that one yeah that's exactly how it is and then the point to take away from that is that fear will always be present in your life like don't think that you know this person does it because they're fearless or yeah that they just don't feel anxiety it's just not true it's the Knowing that you're stepping out in fear regardless, but knowing that you're stronger. You're not giving the power to your fear. And so often what this looks like is if you feel like you're someone who doesn't step out because you're afraid to make a mistake because you don't have all the answers because it's not a perfect picture, you are giving power to your fear. You won't create anything new if you don't take a risk. And that's just the honest truth, right? Like it's like we were saying, um, and it's the next point actually, growth is out of your comfort zone. Um, You need to grow and get comfortable with being uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I've accepted that. Like, I'm constantly anxious, but... That's when you grow. So you just kind of accept it. It's yeah. a part of your life now. Yeah. And
1: I think eventually it just gets easier. Like the more comf- like, comfortable you get into stepping in fear and anxiety, it gets easier to deal with. Doesn't mean it goes away. But at this point, like, OK, I've done like 30 seminars. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm not rambling to be like, oh, 31. No, I can't do it. Like, right. you know, unless something else is like traumatic is happening in your life. But you you just get comfortable with being uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Right. That makes sense.
1: OK. There's just a couple more. So this one I really like. Your authenticity is your honor. Um, what does that mean to you?
0: I love that. Honestly, and it's funny, I'm going to be talking about this in my next segment. But yeah. anyway, I love this. I think that, remember when we sat down with um, Natasha Kaufman mm-hmm. of NKPR, yeah. and she talked about kind of what she wants part of her brand to be and like her persona. I think my number one is like authenticity and transparency. Like that is who I want to be. That's what when people think of me, I want them to associate me with. And it is my honor. Like you know, I want to always keep it hundred. I want to share my L's with you because I want to be a realist. I want to be realistic, and I want to foster. A world and a universe where people are just real and we don't try to you know maintain this like facade and everything's just the highlight reels like I want to show the behind the scenes too so yeah I think everyone should apply that to their life because life would be so much easier if people just kept it real
1: honestly and like I agree with that if you kept it real and then like another side as well is like often people are just so lost and confused because they're trying to fit in yeah and you're actually holding yourself back because you weren't meant to be. And I know that of sounds so hippie and like hipster, are like, oh, you're meant to be different. But we actually are. And like, this is another reason why it's the popular unpopular opinion, because unfortunately, there's just a lot of us who um, were just taught to fit in. You know, being weird gives you weird looks. And so you look into that weird look and suddenly you want to change because you don't want that feeling of that weirdness that you're getting. But you're going to have to learn to fight it because you will learn eventually. For the most part, most people learn eventually. They learn when they're 50 and they no longer care. They no longer care what the world thinks of them. But, like, I don't want to wait till I'm 50 to start, like, not caring what the world thinks of me. You know how they say, like, when when you get older, that's when you just start, like, saying things yeah. you don't really care. like <laughs> No filter. No filter. You know what I mean? Like, like we don't need to wait till 50. Yeah. <laughs> we can start that now. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people just need to be encouraged to know that you are who you are because you're meant to be that way. Your difference is what's going to make a difference in the world. And you'll just feel more confident. And that's what you need to step out into your next calling. So your authenticity is your honor. Remember that. that. Okay. So two more. Don't spend a lot of time with negative people. (laughs) Like, just just honestly, just to put it out there. um, That's unpopular? I think that it's a popular saying, but I think that that's an unpopular action. And so the point of what I'm... The reason why I feel like it's unpopular. So a lot of these are popular sayings, but I don't feel like it's actually happening as much as it should be. I see. Yeah. And so... The idea is like, okay, so I guarantee, you know, we all have those friends where we know who to talk to when we wanna vent, cause we know they're gonna feed into our venting. You know, you have those friends you go to when you want inspiration and you want like help and support and like business ideas. Then you have your friends you go to for like the gossip, the vent, and maybe they're the same, that's amazing. But I think the idea is that like, we know when we're feeding into negative negativity, you know? Obviously, there's a side of it like you just have friends who are around you and they're negative, you don't want to hang out with them. But I actually mean that sometimes we also play into it a bit. And so it doesn't help us grow. It doesn't help us grow to be around people who feed that negativity. And so just learning to just kind of, okay, reflect on it, okay, whatever, it is what it is. Because what actually ends up happening that many people don't realize is. you go to, you go you know, you go to that one or two friends that you know, oh, I know they're going to, I know what they're going to say, and this is exactly what I want to hear, because I'm in an angry mood, and I want them to confirm what I'm saying. All you're doing is, like, it blossoms, and it grows bigger, and then it actually makes it, like, more serious than it really probably was, and so... I I, It's so true. Like I actually heard this. um, I heard this on stage the other day from someone, and the whole audience laughed. Like it's so true. You know that you know that friend that you're gonna call when you like you're in a bad mood and you want them to vent to, and you know they're gonna support. You know they're gonna support your venting. That's what you called them. So yeah, just to like cut that out and like try to get past it. And there's a reason why you didn't call the encouraging, supportive friend who would probably give you the advice you need to hear because you didn't want to hear it in that moment. So I know it's unpopular. And yeah, I'm curious to hear your
0: thoughts about that, Danny. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I think I've my current friend group, I think that, that that doesn't exist. Like I think that my with my current friend group, which I do go to for everything, they're not like the negative Nancy's that just tell me what I want to hear ever. Like That's amazing. The type of circles I've created are like we keep it real. We keep it a hundred at all times. We're not just, we don't tell each other what we want to hear because yep. I feel like we're just like that periods of growth in our life that it's like, I love you. And because I love you, like, I'm not just going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Exactly. Okay, guys, listen, that is, <laughs> and that's the goal of friendships.
1: But yeah, so yeah, I think that's great. Okay, cool. Um, I have one more. Be decisive. This is the last one. Um, Be decisive. I actually have a fun fact that I learned, and maybe it's just me, and that's okay if it's just me. Danny, do you know what the definition of sure is?
0: I mean, I didn't. I mean, I would just assume that it's like, yes, like a definite yes, but now that you've said it indecisively, maybe it's an indecisive yes? Okay, so
1: see, but Danny's like, you know, an A++ (laughs) star in communication, so she knew it was a decisive yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was a decisive yes. And I feel like I know I'm not the only one who didn't know sure was a decisive yes. To me, sure is like an indecisive yes. And that's what I thought. I have then realized I am completely incorrect when I Googled it and realized sure is a definite yes.
0: But I don't think you're wrong for that because I feel like people in their tone sometimes, they use it in a sarcastic way, which is why you would think that. That is why I've thought that. And I
1: I know many people have thought this as well. And so what happened was, yeah, that's what led me to Google it because someone had used that term with me. And not that's like, the first time I've heard it. And I was like, why are they like, I want a definite yes. And then I started thinking the same person is related to someone else that I also talked to and they both say it. So I'm like, oh, maybe there's just like a brought up thing. Like they both. And then I started thinking, I don't know what, I don't know what compelled me to Google it. I Googled it and I was like, oh, snap. You mean he is saying yes. Like he's giving me a definite yes. And I thought that he was being indecisive and that was annoying. And I was like, and I hate that, you know, his cousin does the same thing when we talk. Like, I'm like, why don't they ever just say yes? So I just have to put that out there. I was like, I have to show this in the podcast for anyone else. And the reason why I think it's important to know that that difference is because there are certain people who, like, I think whether it's, like, British language or, like, some Caribbean cultures who are taught proper English. <laughs> And so they actually might be using sure like as a definite response. And he now realized they definitely use it as a definite response. Anyway, so that's just a side I funny fact. I think sure is rooted from a sure, which we know a sure is. Is exactly yeah. a sure thing. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, so that blew my life away. <laughs> so, yeah, the point is to wrap it up, be decisive, make a decision, stick with it. So often we have to make a decision and we don't know the, all the variables. We don't know all the facts. But I think it's important to understand that, you know, it looks better. You exude more confidence when you're able to make a decision and you just stick with it. It may not be the best decision, but if it's going to provide the same outcome and you're able to work with it, make a decision, avoid the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, I think obviously this applies to the context, but I am finding that in a like as a leader, I consider myself a leader and it's expected of a leader to be more decisive. It actually works against you and people might not really trust your leadership skills if you can't make a decision. So when put in the, like, you know, the back and forth of where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go, go for lunch? Where do you want to go for, like, even little things like that, you know? I've now started to do if I reach out and I say, hey, where do you want to go? And then someone else says, oh, I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. Instead of me saying, oh, yeah, I know you pick. I don't know. Like, and now I'm at the point where I'll just put an option out and I'll give to you. But I'll still say, if you want somewhere else, let me know. But if not, this is what I choose. And it actually helps the conversation. And it makes you look better. So I, don't, I think a lot of people don't actually realize that because I didn't really realize that for a while. But it is a good luck to be decisive, make a decision. It just lets you come
0: off a bit more confident. Agreed. And yeah. I know this is not the dating chronicles, but like one of my top must-haves is able to make a decision. <laughs> I think that is so attractive. It is.
1: It's so attractive. Yeah. And even if it doesn't, like, you might not know. You might not know that you'll be in the mood for tacos next Tuesday. Who cares? Just say, yeah, let's do tacos on Tuesday. And yeah. then stick with it. And then eat the damn taco. Like, yeah. you know, it, it it looks better than always never being able to make a decision And spending 20 minutes getting to the point. Agreed.
0: We don't have time for that.
1: No one has time for that. So um, that wraps up the popular, unpopular opinion conversation starter. And so, Danny, you can uh, tell us how to fix our life.
0: Yes. Okay. So for today's Fix Your Life, I'm going to talk about creating a healthy social media experience. And for a bit of background, maybe some of our OG listeners will know, but... I pretty much disappeared off the face of like the Instagram planet specifically for a really long time, from like 2014-ish till recently, till a couple months ago. And there were a lot of reasons for that. I think it was kind of a transformative period in my life in the sense that I just got through like a really bad breakup, you know, just finished university, started my career, was in the process of like moving from like the suburbs to downtown. There was a lot going on in my life. And also I feel like I was just figuring out who I wanted to be and I don't know, I just feel like social media was getting, Instagram specifically, was getting in my way of understanding who I wanted to be and kind of making good decisions, I guess. Also, I feel like it was just kind of getting in the way of me finding out who my real friends are because I feel like if you are not on social media and you still maintain regular contact with people and they maintain regular contact with you like in this day and age that takes a lot of it takes a lot more energy like it's it's a lot harder to maintain a friendship if there's no social media involved like there's no liking and like dms and whatever right like you're actually trying like messaging whatsapp whatever or calls yeah if people still make calls these days um so yeah i've really put a lot of intention in kind of crafting my current experience with social media sorry with instagram specifically and i'm actually really enjoying it and I don't know. I just wanted to talk about this because I think it took a long time for me to understand that something we say on the show all the time, you know, people kind of show their highlight reels on Instagram and social media in general. But like you said, being the change we want to see in the universe, I've kind of flipped that highlight reel on its head, in my opinion, and just try to like share my L's and just be transparent. And because authenticity is my honor. Is that what you said? Ooh, yep, yep. Look, look at Ooh, me, girl. girl. Look. I, I oh, take, shoot. No, shoot. I'm flipping my hair for oh, anyone shoot. who can't see. <laughs> what? Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to share some of the ways that I've created a healthy social media experience for myself, as well as I asked kind of some people on my Twitter to kind of help me put this segment together. So I'm just going to share some of the responses. So number one, and this is a very common one, is... Paying attention to how I feel after I engage with people's content. Ooh. Like, maybe sometimes you do it unconsciously, but sometimes when you engage with someone's content, it makes you feel like... Sometimes it makes you feel like shit about yourself. Maybe it's like an Instagram model or something that even though we know the picture is Photoshopped or FaceTuned or whatever they do these days, or, you know, they're constantly on vacation, you have that obsessive comparison disorder and you start to be like, I wish I could do that, whatever. Whatever. I cut that shit out at this point. Like at this point in life, if I see something that makes me uncomfortable, it makes me, you know, want to change my life in a negative way. Or I see that maybe it's even an insecurity. It's feeding to one of my insecurities and making me less productive. Nip it in the butt, Unfollow or mute.
1: Yeah, totally. And like, I'm sure I, I don't know if this is probably one of them, but like cleaning the social feeds or cleaning up the who you're following.
0: Absolutely. That was actually my next one. Whoop. I was going to say I audit. So now I've done a weekly audit of my following list. So literally, because I don't, I'm still new. I don't have that many people I follow. I go through my following list every week because sometimes, for example, you unconsciously are bothered by these things. So you might not take the action to unfollow or mute someone right then and there. But when you are going through your list with the intention of cleaning it up and creating an audit... Okay, oh, you know what? I do remember this person. And you know what? For the last couple stories they've done, it made me feel like crap about myself, or it just doesn't seem realistic and transparent. Unfollow. Oh, okay. am I still on your follow list? <laughs> yes, I'm okay. still following you. You?
1: I mean, I, I ain't even <laughs> posting stories, but you know.
0: Oh, gosh,
1: <laughs> make so the funny. Cut, make the cut.
0: Yeah, and also, um, like I said, I ask my Twitter people for some of their uh, opinions and suggestions as well. And my friend Jermaine, he actually said the same thing. He said once he completed his social media scrub, a lot of IG models were unfollowed as well as the Shade Room and Six Buzz. (laughs) See? Okay. You know. Okay. I thought about you when he said Shade Room. I know.
1: Someone's coming for me. Okay. So I'm 100% addicted to to the Shade Room. Like I – so I got rid of the Instagram app on my phone like weeks now. Twitter, everything. But if you go to my Safari, because you can still access the Shade Room without the app, (laughs) it was actually disgusting. I think yesterday I went on my history. No, I even I access it from the desktop. Okay, yesterday I was looking for a a work tab, and all you see is like twenty Instagram, (laughs) and it says Shade Room, Shade Room, Shade Room, Shade Room, Shade Room. Because I was flicking through the post, I'm like, this is disgusting. (laughs) I yeah, I I okay, I need I need help. I don't know how. I yeah. But you know what? Maybe you can help me.
0: Is it negatively impacting your life? It's not.
1: The only negative parts of my life, because I actually find it hilarious. Like, it makes my day. The only negative impact of my life is it takes time out of my day. It takes too much time out of my day. But at the same time, I don't know. I just feel like maybe I'm just. it's where I'm at in my life, where I don't have an hour to give to the shave room. And yet, it consistently gets an hour of my day every day. And so, I wish that there's... And it's not even that. No, some of it's funny. Some of it's not that good. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But it isn't negative? It doesn't negatively incite any weird feelings or anything. Yeah. Actually, it it gives me joy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Everyone has their thing, and if that's your thing, that's fine. Like you said, once you notice that it might be taking up too much of your time, yeah, that's, a that's when you just change your behavior. But you'll get there We're when you get there. It. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So again, just to summarize that one, anything that, you know, people who are posting like toxic or negative or like problematic stuff, especially just to get a a rise out of people, like that's just unfollowed, just dead that next. Mm -hmm. Okay, so number two on my list is muting words or stories. So this one is... For words, muting words—that's definitely more Twitter-specific. And I know you don't really use Twitter that much, but you—if there's like a word you don't want to see or a topic you don't want to see—you just press mute, and you'll you won't see it on your timeline. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So, for example, words that I've had muted for years are Kardashian, Kanye. And just anything that are just kind of associated to like celebrity gossip that I don't or Trump as well, because everything that that just pisses me off.
1: Oh, wow. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So you yeah. can kind of just, again, curate your social media experience so that you don't see things that you know are going to contribute to like negative feelings.
1: Yeah. And also, OK, so I, I agree with all this. And so I'm just I don't want to be devil's advocate, but I do want to put out a thought mm-hmm. and like also don't ignore these negative feelings if it's something like there could be i know there's some things where it's like okay it's just it happens but i hope it's stuff that people are working on and they're not just like hindering because i guess what i'm trying to say is like no one's perfect and i guess um we all go through things but i think that if something's giving you a negative experience like i'd wonder why is it giving me a negative experience i'm not saying that you should like Okay, keep following it so you can like, you know, grow some tough skin or anything. But I'd want to know like what it is that pisses you off about something. Yeah. Like, you know, because it's okay to be angry, but like what is it placed at? Because if it is an insecurity in yourself that you haven't looked at, you should look at that. You should figure that out. Because if it's not social media, it'll appear in a friendship you make. You know, if if you feel like if 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 yeah, if that if what you see online makes you feel a certain way when you see it offline, it'll make you feel a certain way. And if it's unhealthy and it's something that you're harboring, I would also just put that like red flag out there of, wait, why does it make me feel a certain way?
0: Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. And you're right. I think it depends on the type of content that you have muted. Mm -hmm. For me, for example, Kardashian, Kanye and Trump, like those are all like celebrity gossip related things that Celebrity it right, just, like, you're just, just like makes annoying. me feel icky, just feels gross to yeah. me. So I just kind of disassociate myself yeah. with it. And yeah. that's not something I need to overcome. But you're right. Yes. There are people who have things that, you know, maybe there are things that they need to actually, like, internally look at and see why is this making me feel this way. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay, number three. This is something we've definitely chatted about before, but monitoring your screen time. Oh. Oh, <laughs> laughing because you were just talking about the shade room. But oh, man. Yeah. And obviously... <laughs> We don't want to spend too much time on our screens. Okay, cool. I was actually just going to ask Nish. Okay, so what are you doing to monitor your screen time? What are well, your
1: tools? To be honest, um, a busy schedule. <laughs> but um, that's a good one. Honestly, like I don't really have the time, shoot. But um, I do have the time limit thing on apple uh, that's like basically on everything it's even on my safari because like i said shade room can't get away from me even on safari and so that is what i'm using but i also i take a mental note it's a habit i've been getting into also because of having a busy schedule is the second on instagram i look at what the time is and i'm like okay by this time you're off like doesn't matter if you haven't finished looking at every post it's 4 55 right now by 5 15 you're off you're done and so I set, like, I, I basically schedule out my social media time.
0: That's good, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then it
1: usually goes over 10 minutes. And then, like, it usually ends up being half an hour. So I start shorter. But, you know.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's good, <laughs> that's, though. That's realistic. <laughs> I like that, you know, you said that you kind of carve out certain times for social media. That was one of the contributions I got on Twitter as well. Uh, my girl, Amena, she said the same thing. She has specific times that she goes on it. And when she's done, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the one that I use, just because... I haven't updated my iPhone software probably in, like, a year and a half, two years. So I don't even have that Moments app or – what is it? Sorry. uh, The time limit? It's a part
1: of the – yeah, it's a part of, like, it's in the settings. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I haven't – I don't have that feature yet, but I use the Moment app, which I've been using for a couple years, and basically just clocks your screen time every single day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it really checks you. Like, girl, you spent, like, four hours on your phone today. What are you doing? Fix up. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, number four is turning off notifications. I love this one. Oh,
1: whoa. Yeah. It's
0: almost something that I forgot to add because I've literally never had notifications on like any of my social platforms, but I realize a lot of people do. And it it's crazy because once you get that, it kind of just creates a sense of urgency to like check it right away.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, it does. Like I've been on face off Facebook for so long and then um, I don't know if it's a setting I clicked or whatever, but I have no notifications. But lately... If the browser, even if I'm not, don't have a tab open because I'm logged in, I'll get a little pop-up on something related to a friend on Facebook, and then I click it. And so I'm like, I need to get rid of this. I don't know why it started doing this, but... Yeah, they're bright. Like, they will take you away from what you're doing.
0: Absolutely. It's the same thing when you receive, like, a text message or something. You have, you feel that obligation to go look at it, right? Exactly. So just taking that off, I have it off for all of my social networks, you know, Facebook, Twitter, DMs, messages, comments, everything. Like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Exactly. Okay, number five is logging out of your apps. So this is another one that um, Amena said on Twitter and by the way, I met Amena on Twitter randomly like a couple months ago. Pretty sure I've known her my entire life. But um, yeah, she said that she actually just tur- logs out of her apps. And I don't know, I can see that for people who are like really lazy, like myself, if I log out of my app and I'm like, you have to try to remember my password, I have to go through all of this, probably forget, I'm probably just not going to go on social media, you know? Yo, one of my things
1: right now, and I mentioned it on um one of our last podcasts, is like budgeting is one of my like focuses right now. And I've applied that same method to these like ritual apps and quick food mm, delivery apps. That's
0: a good one. Yesterday,
1: like I'm so happy I did it because yesterday I'm walking to work and I'm like, oh, I'd really like an iced coffee. I cause so what I did was I deleted all my payments out of it too. Smart. So like, yo, who was trying to have and and I and when I did it, I thought you know that this is going to take you so much more time and it'll make you think and stop doing the instantaneous reaction. Cause a lot of the times you're not thinking, right. you go to your phone and suddenly you're like, how did I end up on Instagram? Right. That's another method. Yeah. Having to force yourself to think about it before you log in. And yeah, long, lo and behold, I didn't order that drink because I
0: didn't have time to like enter all that info. That's smart. I mean, yeah. I know we're talking about social media, but logging out of like your food related apps. Yeah. That delete is your payment. Smart. Delete your payments. Or make you think twice. Shit. That's a good idea. Okay. Making your pages private. So I see the appeal here. I think that, you know, having an open Instagram kind of, I don't know, opens your life up to your, your life and your business is kind of just on the line. Like people can just see it. And, you know, sometimes you might experience that pressure of trying to maintain a certain image if any and everyone can see it. Personally for me, like I'm using my social platforms to grow my personal brand and for me personally, it doesn't. It wouldn't make sense for me to privatize it because, like, I want people to see it. I want people to find me. So I kind of have right. that impact and that right. they'll remember me. But for people like, again, this was um, Amena. She su- submitted this one. She has a kid, for example. She has a son. So I can see why, you know, if you're just using, like, your social media to keep in touch with friends and family, show pictures of your family, you know, occasions, milestones privatizing it works but yeah i think that it's important to kind of just understand what is your intention with your social media what are you trying to do and if you're just trying to be private then privatize it if you're trying to grow your social brand then it's cool to keep it open but obviously post things that you would be comfortable if you're my my benchmark always when i post something is what would i do with my director's office fair yeah yeah um <laughs> i use it all the time so i'm like yo uh, am i gonna regret this would my director say something about this okay no okay cool i'll post it oh
1: <laughs> uh, so funny it makes me think of the story of someone i used to work with and man this person was the most like you thought like i don't wanna say nerdy but like you know another word like that um <laughs> and um like you didn't talk much but had an open instagram and would post like like sexy photos mm-hmm. with him and his girlfriend and like lingerie like it was like the weirdest thing and so people at work would talk about it because they're like this is so trippy like you just like you don't see that and it was weird like anyway so yeah that's that's a yeah guys if you're gonna be doing that make it private but um i think the one comment i want to say about the private thing is so i try not to have an opinion right on like and and that's basically what you've done Is kind of like yeah like you know assess assess your situation so i try not to have an opinion if someone you know for whatever reason that they decide to go they've gone private But at the same time, (laughs) and they say, but just totally crosses out what you just said. (laughs) I, for me, I get the feeling like private is like hiding and like, I don't know what you'd want to hide from. Like, I feel like anything you should put out there, you should be okay with. I can't understand uh, private when you're in like the limelight and spotlight and you just have like, you know, like Twitter trolls are hard or Instagram trolls are even harder. And so I can understand privatizing for yeah, that kind of protection. So, you know, actually, I think I just talked myself into understanding why people have private profiles. But I know in the past I've had a private profile and I felt like I was just hiding for something. I'm like, what are you hiding from? Like, what is it that you want to be so unreachable about? Like why? Like, I felt like I I felt like I was hiding. So I made mine freer and open. Uh, And you're right. You're definitely does feel like a vulnerability of it's out for the world to see. But I felt like I'd rather have that feeling than feeling like I'm hiding from something because that's what it felt like. And um, yeah, I want to be an authentic life. So yeah, um, but not judging people who have private profiles. I was just like, that's my own experience and feeling like I was hiding from something.
0: For sure. I think at the end of the day, it's to each their own, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Actually, I do have one more and it's choosing what platform I want to be great on. So this is is new to me because I just joined the Instagram world. I've already been active on Twitter. Twitters will always be my favorite social network. And also I'm active on LinkedIn as well. But adding Instagram in the mix has actually been kind of daunting. Like I, if I go to something, for example, if I go to an event that's like noteworthy and I want to talk about it typically what I would like post a mini thread of like my main takeaways on my Twitter. I would do a summary post with like a picture or something on my LinkedIn. But now that I have Instagram and I'm also trying to grow my brand on there, it's like, okay, I'm doing this like times three. And it's not even things that you can automate because different platforms have different needs and different, I don't know. It's just, it's just a lot. So this is not something that I think I've figured out yet. And I think I'm still in the process of learning, but Just try not to tire yourself out (laughs) because it's not sustainable to try to be great on every single platform. I mean, maybe you have time for that, but a lot of cases in our days, in our day and age, when people have jobs and projects and stuff, it's not sustainable. (laughs) It's not. And I feel like um, even when I look at
1: even people who have been in like the limelight um, for quite some time, their numbers are kind of inconsistent across the social medias. And you could tell the ones that they nurture a bit more yeah and they're like significantly higher um so yeah i don't think anyone's really figured that out
0: for sure and yeah. it's actually funny that you say that because while i was trying to figure this out i did a poll on twitter so i asked everyone um of all of between twitter instagram and linkedin what social network has helped you grown your personal brand the most mind you this was on twitter so my results were definitely skewed but <laughs> of the 40 votes that i got. 46% of them said Twitter. Surprise. 11% said LinkedIn. And only 5% said Instagram, which I was really surprised about. The rest of them just clicked, I want to see the results, so they don't count. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah. So I think everyone does have their, th- everyone has their thing. And it's kind of just about figuring it out. And like you
1: said, like you did the poll on Twitter. So it was super biased.
0: Like, Definitely <laughs> like, biased. If you did
1: the poll in your Instagram story, I'd be curious Instagram. to see what the, yeah. what the results
0: would be. It's so true. <laughs> That's funny awesome. I, I know that I said I had the last one but I have actually a last one <laughs> and we've already spoke about this in the last segment so I'll get to this super quickly but it's just keeping it transparent and sharing my L's like I go back to our first d6 podcast episode where I saw a tweet that said y'all gotta stop stop sharing your L's with the internet and I was just so like but why though like no I want to share my L's with the internet so I think that just being transparent and again you know showing your behind-the-scenes footage as you show your highlight reel, just to kind of create a universe where things are realistic and transparent and everyone's not trying to keep up with each other. That's the type of person that I want to be... That's the type of thing that I want to be associated with when people think of me.
1: Amazing. I think that's so good and so insightful and a lot to keep in mind.
0: Thank you. Yeah, so everyone, I would encourage you to kind of look at the ways that you're crafting your social media experience because... Social media can be a scary place. It can be a toxic place. But if you curate it in a way that works for you, you can actually benefit from it for sure. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. So moving towards our inspiration. Um, not necessarily a tweet, but I found two quotes that directly relate to our bittersweet announcement that we spoke woo. of at the beginning of the episode. The so. woo
1: is not like a celebration. It's just like, a, like, a, here we go. <laughs>
0: yes, here we go. Okay, so the first quote is by someone named Lao Tzu that says, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So that's the first one. And the second one that I'm going to share by Frank Herbert, is there is no real ending. It's just a place where you stop the story. Aww. (laughs) So, uh, I say, at least the first one, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Mm -hmm.
1: (sighs) What is that? What is that, like... Oh, hmm. what could that
0: announcement be <laughs> oh so sad. sounds so poetic it is poetic thank you Tzu. um a single step from a single step in November 2017 yeah <laughs> Nisha and I launched Damsel in the Six it was beautiful it was beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's yeah. such a beautiful thing. And you can, you guys, you, everyone can already see where this is going. But, you know, I'm so glad that we've got to grow with you. I feel like we've grown ourselves. Oh, and- so much. Yeah. I feel like if you look back or listen back
1: to past episodes to now, we might even sound contradictory because we've changed so much and we've learned
0: so much. And yeah, we say that to say. Yeah, we say that to talk to our second quote here by Frank Herbert. There was no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the story. Damsels, I think we're stopping the story here. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, it's basically it's been
1: great and there's nothing wrong with, you know, acknowledging that there's maybe another chapter in our lives that needs to be fulfilled, but this one has been fulfilled.
0: Yeah, I think that our damsels destiny has absolutely been fulfilled. We've Gone through so many topics. This is episode 61. Like, that's insane. In a year and a half. That's pretty,
1: that's pretty. And and when we started out, we were bi weekly too. Yeah. So there's been a lot of changes.
0: Yeah. We're in your speakers on a weekly basis. You know, we've learned a lot, like we said. We've grown a lot. We've heard direct feedback from you that you've grown a lot too, and you've appreciated some of the gems that we've shared. Yeah. And we're just so proud and happy with all the things that we've accomplished honestly like and yeah I don't even know where to begin
1: it's it's really changed my life for the better and I'm so grateful to have had this podcast and uh, that everyone kept encouraging us that they kept tuning in so that we could keep continuing to build this because you never know where it's gonna go like you never know like you'll like, okay, we'll try it out for a couple of months and if it's flop and no one listens then probably by the sixth month you might just like be like ah, I'm not doing it but that didn't happen it was a constant incline like i can't believe that we get to say that you know in a year and a half we finished with over like last time i checked the numbers which was like a day ago over eleven thousand five hundred listens and it's probably more than that now and because the listens are continuously skyrocketing and like that's unbelievable like that's such a huge accomplishment that
0: i still am just like wow yeah when i hear that it also just kind of blows your mind because you know, you can look at the number 11,000 listens, cool, but think uh, people listen to our topics that we've sat here and talked about 11,000 times. And like. we
1: barely marketed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, for both of us being in the marketing industry, we barely marketed. Yeah. But, like, I think it also goes to show because we know that the best marketing is word of mouth. And so, being authentic to ourselves, I think, is what helped that and us just sharing our truth and generally wanting to help other people. And so friends sharing with friends and so forth and so on was our most effective marketing.
0: Absolutely. And shout out to y'all for telling your friends and tuning in because we have a lot of like loyal listeners who make sure they're tuning in every single week and we appreciate you so much because we would not have gone this far without you.
1: And it also doesn't have to end here. Like dams on the six might be ending, but like, The reason why we started this is because we wanted the conversation to be had more. And so for anyone listening and they're like, I want to keep this conversation going, do it. Like, give it a shot. Like, we just made the decision to do it and everything else will fall into place. But if anyone else wants to pick up where we left off, like, I say go for it. There's so much more conversations to be had.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And so, Danny, what would you say in the past year two of your favorite highlights have been?
0: I would absolutely say in January when I got a random notification on my phone at like 2 a.m. because your girl doesn't sleep, and said that there was like a traffic spike on our website, and I'm just like, what? We don't even like. We typically drive people to like SoundCloud, you know, to directly to listen. So I'm like, what is this? And to trace it back to the source and see a blog Tio mention, yo. <laughs> I lost it. Y'all, I called Nisha at, like, 2.30. Of course, she didn't answer. But <laughs> I was jumping from wall to wall just to see that validation from BlogTO, which is arguably, like, Toronto's most most popular website. Yeah. You've made Woo! it here on BlogTO. That was a huge highlight and accomplishment I am so proud of.
1: I, like, I will never forget that moment because I randomly woke up. I, I'm someone who usually if I go to bed, I'm out until the morning and for some reason that night, I woke up in the middle of the night, and um, I don't know how much further I messaged, I like I responded to you like a half an hour, or like an hour or something. Yeah, and like Danny was still up because she's like a night owl. <laughs> I'm like I don't know about her, but like okay. Um, and I saw this missed call and instantly had to call her. Like Danny's calling me. Like Danny, like you're more of a. <laughs> If you're going to call someone, you'll send them a text message. Right. Hey, can I call you? Like, you're not just going to call somebody. Yeah. Like, or at least me anyways. And so, anyone. like. <laughs> anyone. Okay. So, yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Like, I instantly was like, I got to call her right now. Like, I like I don't know if I looked. Either way, I can't remember if I'd read the message and then called you. And maybe I had. But I called you back. But I knew to check the message because I thought, like, what is going on? And I will never forget that moment either. Like, that to me is one of my top highlights as well. because. Yeah what like vlog to like no we didn't have any yo you know i think one of the first people i spoke to about it the response was oh do you know someone on vlog to are you rude are you rude (laughs) like no i don't know anyone on vlog to like (laughs) like (laughs) but yeah that was that was a big highlight for me as well um
0: uh do you have any others uh, I think another one of my highlights is I have a huge like brand crush on Bumble right now. So having oh, yeah, Emily good. Ramshaw on our last couple episodes, which is the country lead of Bumble Canada, for anyone who doesn't know. If you do, and also, you should listen to those two episodes she was on just to see what I'm talking about. But that was huge. And I feel like that blog T.O. mentioned just really opened up so many guest features for us. You know, we had uh, Natasha Kaufman of NKPR. Uh, Caroline Riseboro of Plan International Canada, Carmelia Ray of like the celebrity dating coach. Like I said, Emily Ramshaw. We had so- Nadej as well. We had so many cool features that came from that blog to mentioned that just made my life.
1: And we've had so many more. Like honestly, for anyone listening, we have also gotten a lot of people who, like a lot of people who've written in and we haven't been able to respond to everyone. Like that's how much like blessings and that came out of that posting but for anyone listening, like, truly understand, like, it's not us, like, picking and choosing. Like, you know, we just really got a lot. And um, we – for for some time now, I'd say about three to four months, approximately, we knew this was coming to an end. And so a lot of these meetings were either already made. And so um, for anyone listening that we never got back to, it's not, like, don't – please don't take it anyway. Um, we actually ended up putting out an autorespondo because – Responder because we felt bad that like oh like we can't speak, reach out to everyone and so we're just so appreciative and flattered by everyone who's reached out to us and like if we were still going we would have made a way to reach out and communicate
0: with everyone so that's a really um, good point because i don't know if people really i mean i know we talk about our lives but just for anyone who doesn't know like we also have full-time jobs right and <laughs> you're right it got overwhelmed it gets overwhelming sometimes we're so thankful yes. And, like, low-key gas that people (laughs) – so many people reach out. But you're right. We just can't get to them all. So (laughs) thank you for everyone who did.
1: Yeah. Honestly, um, it it does mean a lot. And we've read every single one. And we've been like, oh, my gosh. So cute. Um, Do you have any
0: other highlights?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned um, what I would have said. Block to for sure. Like, cannot forget that moment. And then NKPR, I really loved – I really loved Attach on our our podcast. And that was – the um, that was the moment that I understood because I know coming into this podcast um, we were all about like work life balance and we still I still believe in that. However, I felt like mm, like maybe I'm more of a workhorse and that's okay. So me learning that it's okay and with her terminology of work life integration, mm-hmm. I'm like okay that is where I'm at. And so not saying one does not take precedence over the other. I think some people thrive in work life balance. For me, I've acknowledged and I'm okay with being myself and saying work life integration is how I thrive. And so that to me was a turning moment in understanding like how to prioritize things in my life. And that, um and yeah, I, I so I really liked that episode a lot. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Um yeah. I have one thing to add for funniest moments. Okay. Yo, niche. Do you remember the day where we were sitting in some taco place near your near your condo and I forget what we were doing. You had opened up. Oh, I remember now. You opened up Facebook (laughs) and you typed in damsel in the six and we found a group that we did not create. (laughs) And it was like a mom's group of Toronto. And like, I get it. You want to connect with other moms. Totally supportive of that. But yo, they used damsel in the six, and they used our logo. Woo! Yo, Whoa. I saw red. I lost it. She did. I, I was like, woo! Lost it. Like we were like drafting up letters. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, that was that was the funniest moment. Like funny because like I got I lost it and like. I, like, so, yo, when I get mad, like, I get, like, Peel Region mad. Like, I, my verbiage changes, like. So. It was so funny. <laughs> and I love that, like, that also goes to show how much we
1: balance each other. Because in that moment, I was able to be like, girl, no, we can't say <laughs> that. We can't do that. But then we've also had the moment where I've been my Peel Region self. And Daddy knows. Uh, with dealing with a partner. Not really. Well, anyways. Dealing with someone. <laughs> and my Peel Region self definitely came out. <laughs> Yeah, and Danny had to be there to kind of like tame it down, reel it and then, in, reel yeah. it in. So I think it's great that we've been able to like balance each other in the situations. So that was definitely a funny and learning lesson moment. I'd say this the latter yeah. example I'm giving. Yeah, because it would have definitely been a scrap team. <laughs> it would have definitely been. Wow, that's yeah. We've been through a lot, and yeah. it's, it's honestly I wouldn't change anything.
0: Well, like we said, this is our last D6 podcast um, and our last Damsel Dating Chronicles episode will drop next Saturday. So make sure you tune into that. And also for all of our podcast episodes, they're still going to be around for you to listen to. We're not just like going to fall off the face of the planet. So you can totally find our full collection of episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud. And of course, we also have a podcast topic directory that we made for you. So go to our website under the podcast directory tab. You'll see a full list of all of our topics. And the good thing about it is the link will take you directly to the topic, wherever it is in the episode. So you can skip intros if you want. If you really just want that specific topic right now, you don't have time for anything else. We got you. So clutch. Also, to celebrate our journey on this podcast, we're putting together a little shindig, a little, a little daytime a little event thing, you know, <laughs> on Saturday, July 27th to just celebrate our journey and hang with our listeners and our supporters who we appreciate so much. So, and also, we'll have some cool D6 merch on sale. So if you want to just head on over to our Eventbrite, we'll be sharing the details for that on our social media channels.
1: And um, also another way to hear about it is subscribe to our email list. Yes, you'll only be subscribed for <laughs> a couple more emails. But I think in addition to the event that Danny mentioned, which you will want to attend if you're available to, um, there is one more thing that will be uh, coming out that you won't want to miss. Um, and so that will be the best way to hear about that when both come out. Damsel in the Six is ending, but there's still a couple more things down the line um, in the next month or so that we think you'd enjoy. Um, so look out for that. Also, follow us on our individual handles. Um, you can follow me at This Is Niche. Uh, that is my Twitter and my Instagram. I'll be honest, I'm not really on it, so I don't know. Like, you can follow me if you really liked hearing my voice, and I'm sure something in the future will. Uh, come about. I'm not as active, but I, I, I you know, I, I like to, I like to creep from here and there. So, um, give me a shout out there, and then you can follow Dani um, at Danica S Nelson, D A N I C A S Nelson, N E L S O N. That's both her Instagram and Twitter. We'll also put in the notes yep. so that you can have access to that as well. Cool. So, thank you to Never Sleep Snack Work for consistently hosting us for providing us the best sound in the city. Honestly, for anyone who's looking for, you know, a great host, great quality, everything is set up. It's on point, great location. It's in downtown Toronto, King West area. Check out their website to see all of our services. Also feel free to hit up either one of us on our socials if you have some questions about it because we we both like rate this team here. We've experienced a couple studios And we've found ourselves back here. So I think that says a lot. And um, we vouch for them. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being so loyal and dedicated to supporting us and supporting Damsel. And we just love you guys.
0: We love you. Thank you for listening to us for the last year and a half. And we hope to see you at our event on July 27th. Yes. Bye, y'all. Bye.